This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I'm Inquisitor Temperance Price, keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is the second volume in a report on the Valentine Heresy an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40K's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Ryan Laplante and players Tom McGee as Interrogator Nero Abagnale, Laura Elizabeth as Piper Fairley, Tyler Hewitt as Seth Corbin, and Del Borovic as Sister Olien Mina. My report shows that the Inquisitorial Band have arrived at Dominion Omnium. Having checked into the Bolter Express, secured their rooms, and begun to strategize their next moves, they have been rocked by disturbing voices emanating from their boxcaster. What will happen tonight at the Governor's Dinner? Find out next in this episode of The Valentine Heresy. One works with the tools one has. A guiding maxim of Fabius Bile. You've just shot your own Voxcaster after spooky voices came out of it. Uh, There would have been a chance, ideally, to have a conversation about it immediately. However, a well-appointed, silver-encrusted butler knocks on your door and you're escorted immediately downstairs into a very fancy limo coach. You have officially reached the upper crust of business value here now that they know uh, what is going on. So you're being driven without anybody hosting you this time they've clearly called for the car rather than calling for a host uh you've got free drinks there's wine there's amasek there's other various alcohols along with sparkling water of some kind probably locally and uh i mean the water would probably be the most expensive item on a world being terraformed so it is that's in the fanciest bottle uh plush like grox hide leather it's like a, a lizard leather couches it's it's very very elaborate this ride uh and you're being swept through all of the security checkpoints towards the center of um, the dominion omnium proto hive with just hand waves there are two kind of flags of the hive little um purple and gold that's all kind of you can see with the rate they're fluttering at the front clearly a diplomatic vehicle uh you do have a moment however now to chat about what the heck just happened over your recording if you want to very cheerfully i'll pour an amersack for myself and one for seth and i'll be like here's that one i owe you i smack it out of his hand i say what the hell was that and i'll respond what the hell these couches are not covered the way the others were sir you have just stained this Uh, With, like, furtive, like, glancing around, desperately trying to keep attention away from what you're actually asking. You destroyed what is our only method of contact with Abacus. We know nothing else about this world. What is your damage, Nero? Oh, uh, that's funny. Okay. Well, listen, guy who got arrested for heresy that one time... um, When spooky children's voices start talking to you through anything, that means they can hear us too if they can talk to us. So no, we can't talk to grandpa up on the ship anymore. And yes, I'm really sorry that you won't know how to, you know, cross your T's and dot your I's anymore. But the emperor damned heresy was talking to us through that cursed magic box. And my only regret, my only regret 
is that I didn't ask Mina if she wanted to take a couple hits too. That's really my only regret here. And in fact, I think we're going to ask her to bless this mess when we get back there. So you know what? Maybe read a fucking book because there's no way I'm fucking with chaos children through a Vox caster. I'm pouring another drink and then I'll just like throw it back and grab the bottle and start pouring another drink with very shaky hands. Uh, now, knowing Nero, has he reacted that way to like chaos or heresy before? Um, no, for a long time, it was like a very jovial kind of like, uh, I've always imagined his upbringing is very, uh, what people imagined going to world war one was going to be like, like, isn't it great? We're off to fight the great evil. Like it's good. We're going to go fight the great enemy. This is fantastic. Um, but no, this, this level of, of this is, is new. I would say it's not out of line with what you've seen since, uh, the, uh, operation, uh, Ventus jump Avenue, um, it's, it, but this is, this is like, yeah, I'd say this is kind of an un, unchanged. Also like this would fuck the opera, like stuff that has would fuck up an operation. Hasn't <clears throat> really been his MO to this point. Uh, Ryan, I don't know if there's anything you want to tag on to that. Uh, no, I think that, I think that makes sense on what their experience would be with you. I think Olean would stay out of that conversation, but get up next to Piper and just kind of be like, did you? Did you sense anything when that happened? Was there was there something that you saw? Um, I'm just gonna see if there's anything I can use. Uh, I would allow a perception roll if you don't have a power for that, Laura, because I think that would be yeah. Because this isn't at any time. I mean, because I like passively, I can sense stuff that would be invisible, but I don't know that that applies coming through a Voxcaster. Um. Yeah, no, I think yeah, the probably just a just a perception. Yeah, perception, but if you've got boosts for using warp stuff, I think you could add those boosts just because you're really it sounds like the question is did you get a chaos reading off of this in any way shape or form? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're the kind of person who can get a feeling off of a bug in a painting, so I think there's a chance for getting those kind of things through any recording mm-hmm. of something corrupt. Okay. So this is going to take me a check. These powers are so new to me. Um, man, I really don't have anything. Uh, why don't you do a That's regular perception check then? And okay. we'll just uh, we'll throw a boost on it because you're a warp person and you were trying to see if you felt anything warp related during that. Yeah, uh, I will say it'll be difficulty. I'm going to say difficulty four, just because I think you are trying to read whether or oh, not the boy. warp was involved in something that wasn't in the room. Oh boy. Um, but you're not risking apparels or anything with this. Like there's no physical risk to you with this. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> I gotta say, I wish I had better perception. <laughs> uh, do you have astropathy as a thing? You have that as a skill, right? We invented that um, for you. I, so astropathy does exist and it gives, it's what gives me my uh, blessed sight. Okay, if you want to roll an astropathy, I so, would allow that as well. Oh, okay. So I can roll my telepathy? Yeah, yeah, roll your telepathy. Because okay. I think you'd be using your powers for this Because as opposed to like traditional perception. You're not like feeling around a cell. You know what's going on. Okay. Um, in that case, do you want me to upgrade then? I should upgrade one, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. 
And uh, again, it won't risk a perils for this, but it could just be that you read the situation wrong. I want to be clear when you're risking your mind or soul with psychic okay. powers as opposed to... <laughs> okay. When you're looking around a room. Okay, well, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Looked into the room madness. <laughs> All right, rolling. Oh! <laughs> Two advantages and six failures. I never fucking know what? which way it's going to go when you laugh at your die rolls. <laughs> I never know. Oh it's my unpredictable gosh. with her. I mean, luckily, failures, failures don't trigger How? anything, but... Wow. Don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> no, I mean like in terms of like chaos shit. <laughs> I mean Ryan will decide that. But. Oh okay. Gosh. I ruled out. Um, technically, this wouldn't even qualify for apparel because it's not despair or threat. It's yeah, it's, it's not despair structure. or threat. Yeah. Um, <sighs> I am going to say it is definitely chaos, uh, and you are now afraid to use your powers at all in an active sense not your passive yeah. like looking okay. around powers but you have a strong suspicion that if you use any active psyker powers the cult will locate you okay so i think i kind of i, I like kind of jerk back um and and just say oh they're they're Okay. Yeah. So, um, I, I, all like the chaos and shit is like super strong with these uh, with these occultist uh, freaks. So, um, I I think I sh I just uh, I'll take a little step back um, because and I kind of look look toward and like so you don't have to put me down. All right. <laughs> okay. The uh, Amersek is overflowing from the glass because I'm still just pouring. <laughs> trembling staring at you during this whole thing um just kind of unmoving then i'll just slowly look back over to seth seth will gently take the bottle and turn it upright so it's not pouring so much anymore and he will he will take like the tips of his fingers and dip it into your glass and just kind of like spray like flex of it at you and say this is to explain away why you're acting so and he he really wants to cut you with this just unprofessionally. <laughs> this uh, is to my explain eye twitches. <laughs> yeah. This is to explain your heretofore erratic behavior. You are a mercantile lord who has had too much Amasek to drink tonight. All right? And he looks at everyone else in the in the in the cab. If he gets out of line again, you know shooting someone because they don't kiss the emperor's ass enough. He's drunk. Are we understood? I could see a reaction on your face, Del, but what is Olean's reaction for those in the audio media? Okay, okay, sure. <laughs> I think up until the, this makes her take everything much more seriously. So she's very, uh, where before she you know, sass got a little bit sassy with them. Now she's feeling very like, ooh, this is, I have really have to be on, on watch and on edge of everything. And she's also internally like, I'm going to have to do a lot of praying later. And, <laughs> <laughs> and she also definitely wants to watch out for Nero. But as, uh, as Seth said that, she just like shot him the most terrible glare because even him joking about like, you know, you, you guys are all crazy about the emperor. She's like, you don't even know. You shithead. 
and your limo ground car slams on its brakes as you pull up uh, to the exterior of the Citadel. Tyler, do you have a D6? Uh, yep. Can you roll that for me? Sorry, I have to empty my dice tray of all the other non-dice-related well, while, while he's rolling, I'll just say, like, Piper, just kind of before we get out, Piper just really wants to make clear. It's like, all right, just so you know, it's like, okay, I'm not going to do anything, like, use anything, like, access the immaterium, like, do anything like that, unless you really need it. But look, if you really need it, then cultists are going to find us, Okay. Everyone understood. I am not going to do anything. I'm like glaring at Warden. Like, okay. <laughs> Warden just gives one curt nod. That's all you get out of here. <laughs> That's the equivalent of a monologue from anyone else. Yep. I right. place the now empty glass down in front of me. Um, I have seemingly <laughs> chugged this tumbler of liquor. Okay. Um, so it's not even a cover anymore. It's just fact that you're drunk. Oh, yep. He's just going, going for method. Um, Tyler, what was your role? Two. Two? Um, yeah. You splash Amasek on yourself. Uh, you tried when the car suddenly stopped to pour it on Nero for realism, but it was yeah. a bit of a coin flip and you fucked it up. So, so your leg is now smelling like booze. Behind you. Yes, that's right. This is Morgan Rolls, and I have a secret to share with you. Did you know that some of our inquisitorial band has been sent to us not from the inner workings of the Imperium, but from Patreon? It's true, only special $25 tier patrons can create their own NPCs that will join in the cast of select shows. So what are you waiting for? You can join us if you join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. That's right. Come join now at patreon.com slash dumdumdice if you think you have what it takes to survive in the grim darkness of the future. Okay, so he's downed half a glass, and the other one from the jostling just got splashed all over me, and yeah. I just, I, uh, I just, I, 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 I like this is <laughs> Seth right now. Just, I, 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 and he just gets out of the. Car. I'll lean forward just before you do, and like pat you on the cheek twice. Be like, who's professional now? <laughs> um, and then uh, I'll crawl out of the car. So you all exit the ground car uh, and find yourselves at the the vaunted entrance to the central citadel of the Hive. Uh, it's several stories tall. It's wide. It's looking almost like Saruman's Tower from Lord of the Rings or like something Sauron-ish, like very dark, dark stone around the edges. It's bladed. There are kind of, uh, there are gun turrets and other things throughout its length along with balconies it's clearly a combination of something meant to inspire kind of wealth and protection while also brutal domination which is pretty appropriate for the leadership of any sort of imperial world uh standing outside your ground car is a a large very, uh, one would use the term corpulent to describe this fellow. Just a large, very broad man in, in red robes. 
Uh, he he's wearing a great deal of gold along with his outfit. Like he's wearing the equivalent of what would almost be military medals in a kind of a knockoff kind of way of gold. He's wearing gold chain. His robes are tied in with a gold belt. Uh, he, he's one of his eyes is larger than the other. I would compare him to almost a, an X-Men toad looking fellow. Like he clearly has a skin disorder of some kind. Uh, however, he holds himself with a great deal of dignity. Uh, it is odd for you to see somebody with these kind of maladies at this kind of rank. Traditionally, they would be able to get them treated. He may be keeping them as some kind of penance. They may not, they may be incurable. You don't know. Uh, but he says, welcome. I am Pedes Fetidum, tally master of the Adeptus Mercantile. It is a pleasure to have the Clean Energy Collective here with us on this great day. Uh, you must be the one in who is in charge. What is your name? Uh, he says to your clearly rogue traitory looking Nero. Um, and uh, I'll... Uh, just kind of look up and now I've got like, again, effortless blonde stringy here, but kind of like hanging down over my eyes. So I look a little bit more brooding because uh, I'm just soaked in liquor. Um, and uh, I'll just say, uh, 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 my name's uh, Nero Forsyth. Uh, I'm the uh, guild representative of the uh, Clean Energy Coalition. Uh, it's uh, very nice to to make your acquaintance and uh, and to be here in your fine hive. Um, uh, listen, uh, you got uh, you you got somewhere we can get some more booze. My associate here spilt a bunch all over us in the car. He's not very professional. And, you know, we've had a long, long, stressful journey. This guy, and he like points at Warden. He's like, this guy in particular really needs to lighten the fuck up. So uh, we're very honored to be here. And he'll just do the sloppiest bow he can um, and kind of stumble a little bit and get back up and be like, so, uh, yeah, bring on the good times. Hmm? I'm sorry to hear, but your companions are not of high enough quality. With a contract of the value that you bring, we can replace them for you. Now, come with me and we'll bring you into this celebration and perhaps I can find you better staff. Uh, and he just turns and starts waddling. You get the sense that he is kind of so bulky that the hum you hear may be of some kind of grab suspensor mm -hmm. to hold him up. The more you deal with this guy and the more you realize he's focused by money, you're beginning to realize that everything about him is a way to establish that he has incredible mm -hmm. wealth. He can manage a disease instead of curing it. He can get bigger because he can afford things to move him around. He's wearing those medals. Maybe there are medals for the Adeptus Mercantile here for just making a ton of money. And if that were true, he's a war hero of the <laughs> money wars. Uh, he walks you up the large kind of basalt steps uh, to a guard position just waiting outside the door. There are a few. They're, they're dressed very fancily. Um, what is there? Yeah, so they're in purple and gold. So you're seeing a lot of uh, it's purple with gold epaulets and other items around it looking very official. They've got gold helms with the traditional kind of Mohawk Roman style of uh, purple mm. feathers built into the top of them. Uh, and they just start searching you all at the gate. So Nero, they absolutely discover your Derringer. Uh, and Pettis looks to you and says, ah, yes, the ceremonial weapon to show that you are intelligent enough to prove a threat, but also to surrender it. Excellent choice. It's good to know you've done your research. Of course, my, my good man. 
and then they will search uh, the rest of you. Piper, you don't have anything, so that's really no. easy. Uh, Seth, would you try to distract them during this, or would you let them search you? They're working professionally enough, as you saw on Nero, that they will find the vials if you can't find a way around getting padded down. Yeah, they seem pretty no-nonsense, though. Um, I think... Um... I think, yeah, I think he's going to try and talk his way out of it. Um, um, Getting up these steps um, and looking sort of like left and right to like the corners of the building, are we kind of, um, would would he be able to freely walk like around the side if he were like dismissed? Like if he were not searched and like not welcome to the front door, would he be able to walk around the building or is it basically like he'd be sent back the way he came? This building is huge. Like, mm-hmm. think of it more as like a fortress size thing. You might be able to find another door, but this is the most heavily reinforced part of the hive. Knowing that there are essentially civil wars going on in other planets where guilders are trying to take control, you get the feeling that this security might be more lax inside where fancy people are, but you doubt there's an unguarded entrance. Okay, then I think you'll just have to let it happen and surrender the, uh, um, the can I can I offer a uh, a distraction that I think Nero would attempt, not knowing whether or not uh, Seth would want to hand over his gear? Um, I think the second they go start searching you, Seth, um, I would just pull the dagger out of my boot and be like, "Oh, hey, uh, sorry. Does anybody want this one too? Um, I had the ceremonial gun, but uh, it's a rogue trader tradition to keep one." And basically, I'm just trying to make a big. Like, just disrupt, like, let them get started enough so that they feel like they have fully searched you, but trying to break their flow. Nice. Uh, let's say, Seth, I'll let you roll the skullduggery on that one then. Okay. Um, which is just your ability to reposition your body while they're lightly distracted to make them think they've gone over your chest when they haven't. Uh, I will say it is difficulty... I'm going to say three. I think that was a pretty good distraction. They're very capable, but it checks out and Pettis is a big deal. You can tell even with the way the security is dealing with him. So they're kind of not entirely on the ball. I will give you a boost for the fact that, um, that you've got uh, the distraction from Nero uh, and you've got two boosts from the way that it's placed already. Cause this is you avoiding detection rather than them searching you. So, right. Okay. You got a chance. I got a chance, a chance, a hope. Two successes, four threats. Mm. Mm-hmm. Let me check my little sheet of how to spend threat. Uno <laughs> Dude, I, I'm going to tell you as a former oh, GM goodness. of this game, just cash it in for a large novelty comb. Let the players get in with <laughs> the rest of their weapons. Um. I think this comes down to just your personality style, Seth. I think you you successfully hide the syringes. So they carry out the rest of their search, but the guy dealing with you reaches up and just taps the side of his helm. It's got one of, they've got like the little cheek protectors that come mm-hmm. forward to like bladed points and at the end are little gems. Uh, and you realize that they're actually microphones built into those gems. So they've got a, a Vox uplink in their helmets. Uh, and he leans back and murmurs and you can't make it out. But I feel like in your life, you've heard this kind of message a ton of times. The guards here don't like you. They think you're a problem. You smell like booze. Uh, You're with him, but you also read like you might be an assassin or somebody crooked. 
So it is going to be hard for you to do anything shady because you get the feeling moving forwards, there's going to be someone you can't see watching you or someone you can see. So trying to drop something in a drink might not be the cleanest thing without a big distraction now at this point. Uh, and I will say, let's have let's see if the security finds this weird truncheon because I think that's a lot of fun. Uh, what are the die rules for it being disguised again, Del? Um, I think it says setback die to hide or see. So okay. setback setback die to see it, and a setback die for me to hide or a boost for me to hide it. Yeah, great. Um, do you want to spend a story point to make this check harder? No. Okie dokie. Let's see what happens. <laughs> uh, one advantage, two failure is e- the role for, for their search. Uh, so this security guard dealing with you takes a look at it, wraps it on his knuckles and just goes, well made. <laughs> Gives it to you. <laughs> having confirmed that it won't break if you hit someone with it. But it seems like a nice religious piece of gear. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you've got that. She'll just uh, be like. I always have the emperor by my side wherever I go. As it should be, as it should be. So what about the man with the gun plugged into his armpit? Uh, I think um, I kind of I kind of raise my hand and give it like a little finger wave. Uh, Pettis, Pettis, uh, you you're a man of of means, I can see. Uh, have you ever had a pet astropath? Uh I had four once, but they all died. Right, right, right. Yeah, so you know. I mean, you know. You know they can be a real hassle. I mean, they're great. And and then I'll like kind of lean in conspiratorially and just be like, and they make you look incredibly, incredibly capable and wealthy, right? Mm-hmm. We need this one so we can get our contracts. You know how like the, the, the prom market's up and down. We need to be able to communicate as fast as possible. But if, if she goes all like, ah, we got to be able to put her down, right? So that guy, I mean, like, if you got a guy, that's fine. But she's, like, he's our exploding caller. And I got to tell you, he's better. Because I've seen an astropath survive that shit. And it, ugh. So uh, I'd recommend you let him have it. Honestly, he's just as inclined to shoot me as he would be you or anyone else in there. Like, he doesn't give a shit about us. He only gives a shit about her. And quite frankly, I feel safer knowing that uh, if anything goes bad, you know, pow, pow, ah, astropath could splat. Well, I understand your interest, and going with an employee instead of a caller does suggest something more expensive, which I have great respect for. It is so (laughs) expensive. However, I cannot allow someone with a hell pistol in the same room with the three merit adoptees and our sacred governor. Perhaps... I could claim his pistol to return to you in the name of the Adeptus Mercantile, but we could allow him his sword. That way, should your astropath step out of hand, he could stab her in the heart or the brain or chop off her head. I appreciate I mean, you clearly did. And four astropaths, no less. You clearly, you really put some thought into this. I respect to that. feed them more than I thought. It, it is more than you'd think. Isn't it? I'm kind of leaning out, like kind of behind uh, Nero to the <laughs> side, just giving like a thumbs up. Like I know what it's all about. <laughs> she um, seems cheerful. If you decide that you're tired of her, I would be happy to bring her into my menagerie. 
Well, that's good. That's good to know. Uh, that's good to know. I'll 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 let you know. I, I got it. And then I'll I'll play a little bit of embarrassment. I'll be like, I um, I had a harder time than you'd think finding a capable, cheerful astropath. You know, you don't want to travel around with those dour like the horrors of the warp and the void. Yeah, you don't want that. So uh, I'm kind of attached to her at this point. But you know, uh, we'll talk. We'll talk. Uh, hey, uh, uh, Mister Failsafe. Um, and at this point, there's a little like the first like hint of the character dropping, which is just kind of like, will Warden give us a gun? Mm-hmm. Uh, Warden, under these circumstances, will obey because he gets to keep a weapon. So he just reaches up and you hear kind of the winding down sound as he unplugs uh, his hell pistol from his torso uh, and he'll hand it. I think he'll hand it to you, Nero, and you can give it to Pettis. He would struggle, I think, emotionally to hand his weapon over that to like a stranger. Mm. Uh, I understand. I will uh, do my best, uh, you know, rich people pointing guns at protesters thing where I just like look like I don't know how to handle it at oh, all. God. Like I'm just really bad, but try to look a little bit cool and then like Bring flip it around. It around. By the yeah, game. yeah, sweet around a little bit and like hold it badly and yeah. then flip it around. Be like, uh, these things are so cool, right? And then I'll, I'll just put it into his hand, like hilt forward, like I, I grip forward, just literally like if he wanted to shoot me, if he had something to plug it into, he could. Um, and then I'll I'll give him a thumbs up. Yes, yes, death is fascinating and entertaining. Come with me. Uh, and he just turns, <laughs> and you guys walk through the front doors. They open. There's kind of servants dressed uh, a little bit strippery on the scale of servants. It's clearly to show off how like fit and handsome they all are. Uh, male, female. There's the full range of presentation spread throughout the servant body, but just kind of an X of gold straps over their chests, and then just kind of like purple. I'd say trousers, probably realistically some pants and boots. They need to be able to functionally work. Um, so like the Chippendale equivalent of the X Men. So just like gold yes. X's, and then okay, yeah, yeah, great, great. yeah, yeah, and then tube tops for for anyone who should so desire to not go nips mm. out. Um, yeah, yeah, gotcha. You're escorted through a number of hallways. They're full of uh, bustling kind of cherubim flying around, which are uh, servitors made out of children with wings that kind of just float and are considered uh, as decorative as they are functional. Um, There are servo skulls buzzing around. You see a number of different servants and security members until you're brought out into a a large arched ballroom. Uh, It's made of stone around the edges. It's large enough that can hold several hundred people uh and currently it does it is packed um you're seeing a lot of standing tables that are around probably belly button height uh on most of you kind of where you can stand and have a cocktail uh but without having to have any sort of formal seating arrangement at this point there's a large stage uh traditional proscenium only it raises to a point at the top and that kind of everything is a gothic religious symbol kind of way Mm -hmm. Uh, there are gargoyles and space marines as statues uh, alternating throughout the space. And you're actually seeing the space marine statues uh, built into the walls are all aiming their bolters at the neighboring gargoyles who all have kind of sculpted bullet wounds and blood sprays pouring off of them as though this is kind of a ballroom to imperial victory. Uh, and as always, there are giant aquilas spread around equidistant between the pillars that kind of line the space uh there are no pillars in the center it's literally like a big for ourselves like a gymnasium kind of feel uh only it's stone vaunted very very fancy everyone you're seeing in here is looking noble as shit uh it is clear that these are there are a lot of red robed servants that you're spotting from the mechanicus from the other various organizations but they're all 
highly decorated. You're not looking at simple robes. They're, they're gold spun hems, various decorations around them. Uh, and the nobles that you're seeing are actually in three different colors of dress that you're seeing pretty codified. Uh, they're, they seem to be in equal numbers. Uh, there are about a third in black, a third in blue, and a third in green. Their methods of dress vary wildly. It's clear that personal taste and wealth are still a big factor here. They lean towards, honestly, Austin Powers meets the Star Wars Imperial Navy. Like, it's like from yes. goofy Austin Powers to, like, very kind of military airs. Uh, most well, parties falling somewhere around the middle, which is, like, you know, form-fitted, very tailored, but with some ridiculous cravats or, like, Three Musketeers-style hats. Uh, the dresses tend towards the same thing. It seems like it's a very unisex wear. You're seeing um, like men in dresses as as well as women and those who present in kind of non-binary ways. It's clearly uh, a big kind of diverse group. Uh, the things you do notice are that those dressed in black tend to have black hair and very pale skin. They also almost universally are wearing either sunshades or some kind of darkly tinted goggles that are hiding their eyes, even though it's not overly bright in this chamber. Uh, it's lit by some, there are some standing torches near the tables themselves and then kind of halogen lights around the edge. It's It's mm. got the feel that they're aiming for old castle, but accepting the fact that they're or new castle. Uh, those in blue seem to be uh, mainly redheaded seems to be the, the the most common there as uh, as in all these groups there are always exceptions to these but if you're looking for the general stereotype you're seeing a lot of redheaded uh kind of freckled people in blue uh and those in green tend to be um approaching linebackers like they're just bigger broader they tend to be taller um those seem to be the approximate vibes of each of the three groups not that you know terribly much about them but you can spot that even just looking at the crowd um, Pettis says, oh, drinks, drinks, yes, let's get the bread over here. And he just claps his big hands three times. Uh, and a bustle of these kind of like stripper servants run over and set up a table right in front of you and a bar right next to it. And he's like, what can I serve any of you? Our, our, our most important guests. What's, uh, what's the best local flavor? I imagine you must have something wonderful here, given the mercantile capabilities you're demonstrating uh i feel like you got to know the best stuff right uh yes we would like a silver shot with a prom back for this whole party please uh and one of the the servers steps forward she's kind of like a very capable kind of burly woman and pours out four like you're looking at kind of rocks glasses and into each of them is clearly a a silver liquid it appears that it's had if you had to guess, some kind of coin has almost been melted down and infused into the liquor itself. Mm. Uh, and then small shot glasses are dumped into them, Irish car bomb style, uh, with promethium sitting in them, the fuel itself, which they then light. So the drink catches ah. fire uh, and burns out until it's got a smoky flavor. Uh, there's one for each of you, not for Warden because he doesn't have a mouth, uh, well, <laughs> and one and for Pettis. Piper just raised her hand. She's like, I'm sorry. Do you want my mind weaker to let the chaos in? Is that what you're all going for? Can I just get a water? Slide it to me and say, uh, yeah, I guess we can afford just it. Just right? get a water. Yeah. <laughs> this is not like an extravagant request. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, 
You allow your astropath water. You are rich. Uh, and they, 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 they like take out a little <laughs> gold encased bottle and just pour a shot glass full of water and give it to the, the astropath. Cause clearly there's big budgets, but not for the help. So uh, you all get to kind of down your shot. Pettis is tool of the future profits. And future prosperity. And I'll clink both the glasses against his and then just like glower at Seth as I very slowly put both <laughs> of them back. Um, and then Seth, I'll in, in like as a, as the character of, of your, your servant will just like bow his head uh, to you, uh, you know, deferentially and, and graciously sip from his, his drink. <clears throat> Olean is just going to hold hers <laughs> and stand there. And and she's particularly standing close to Nero. Like I think normally she would be with Warden, hanging out near him. But she is basically just waiting for Nero to trip and then be able to catch him. <laughs> like that is her job mm-hmm. right now. You're basically uh, just like like a walking fainting couch. Like next time I get the vapors, <laughs> like you just get you know. Yeah. The drink tastes like gasoline. It's clearly got, it's like gasoline mixed with oil. Uh, you do manage to choke it down. You can tell it's got the oh. burn of something with an incredibly high alcohol content, but apparently it's like, you wonder if you're going to throw up and then you don't. So clearly they have further refined the fuel in some way so that it's not just like, oh, I drank gasoline and now I'm fucked. <laughs> uh, so you are standing there and right then there's a big musical fanfare uh mainly trumpets uh, that seems to be a thing there's also something that sounds like a mix between a trumpet and a kazoo that you're not entirely sure of <laughs> uh, echoing through the hall and all the hundreds of people present turn to the stage uh in in rousing applause i think pettis joins in and he's like oh here's the governor the governor we'll talk now that's the governor's music uh and there's this this creaking sound and just a wheelchair is pushed out by uh, one of the security people in their full uniform and rolled to the front, and a microphone rises. One of those old-fashioned, like, 1920s mics that looks kind of shitty just rises out of the floor of the stage. Uh, and for the first time, you see the governor of this world. Uh, Pettis leans over and says, Yes, this is Rancid Cologne. He is our governor. There's a force of power in the Imperium. Uh, and when you look in this wheelchair... You see some power of the Imperium. Uh, from the neck down, sitting in this wheelchair, Rancid is shirtless. Uh, he's wearing gold pants uh, and black combat boots. And from, from the neck down, he's built like Schwarzenegger in like the early 2000s. Like he just, he's an older guy, but he's still super muscly and like very clearly in good, powerful kind of domineering shape. Uh, it's when you look at Rancid from the neck up that you realize rejuvenate treatments can only go so far because his face is very sunken, his eyes are bland, he's drooling, his head is kind of drifted to the side. Yeah. Um, you all know that in the Imperium, the more wealthy you are and the more access you have to kind of magos biologists, rejuvenate treatments, your life can be extended hundreds, possibly thousands of years. Uh the body is doing great, but apparently the brain work has started to kind of fry out on Rancid because the, <laughs> the microphone is there and he just goes, Governor! <laughs> uh, at, <laughs> at which point there's another fanfare. It's the same notes in a, sl- in a minor key and it's a little bit shorter. Uh, and then... Just staggering out from the wings is a slightly taller, very fit. Um, he's wearing a, a purple 
almost pirate coat a la Tim Curry in the Muppet Treasure Island. He's shirtless underneath it. uh, And he's just wearing like boy shorts that are bright gold. Uh, The celebrity comparison would be a shaven headed Matt Damon, uh, just sauntering out with a spotlight on him. And he's like, I'm so happy to be here. Uh, And he, he wanders out and just wheels Rancid to the left. And he says, hello everyone, you know it's me. Graswald, or as you prefer to call me, Gassy Cologne, your beloved heir. It's so wonderful to have you here for the alignment. It's so wonderful naming a new governor. I can't wait for it all to happen and whatever. The important thing is we can all get drunk. Everyone will look great. And at the end of all of this, I get to move into a new house. So I don't know. Everyone, the servants are coming around. Uh, And he just points and you just see organized lines of servants coming in with with silver trays with covers on them and he says all right everyone take off the covers show them what we've got uh and they they take off the covers and revealed are just fully loaded and charged last pistols are covering all of these trays just stacks of weapons he says everyone take one before dinner you'll have to kill something uh and at this point the crowd gets a little Nervous and everybody's taking weapons and charging them. You're offered a tray full of weapons. You see everyone start to eye each other a little awkwardly as now everyone in this room is getting armed and clearly they don't all get along. Uh, A servant approaches and offers each of you a last pistol. I take the last pistol and shoot the servant. Oh, oh, wow. Uh, that is, uh, and then just two of the military guys immediately march up from the sides, rifles drawn, and start yelling, get on the ground, get on the ground, get on the ground! This episode of the Valentine Heresy features Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter as Interrogator Nero Abignale, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter as Piper Fairley, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Seth Corbin, Del Borvik at Deltastic on Twitter as Sister Olian Mina, and our Game Master Ryan Laplante at the Ryan Laplante on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borvik at delborvik.com, D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merch dice available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator, and death to all the heretics. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, the half-blind prophet. Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby. One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield. Lorda Bradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Cade Peters. Richard Cranium, Anna Zed, Eric Williams, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Cameron Ezel, Grandma Likes D&D, 
Austin Nut Powers Fry, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. In the year 1889, there was nowhere in the world more exciting than London, England. Three cheers for Inspector Lestrade and the bad boys of Baker Street themselves, Sherlock Holmes and Dr. John Watson! Solved by Sherlock Bloody Holmes of 221B Baker Street. Well, with any luck, we'll get a new brutal murder any day now. God, I wish. It's truly shocking you haven't solved anything in five years. The boys are both out of town for some case about a dog in Dartmoor this weekend. Sincerely, Martha Hudson. London's number two detective team just became number one. Fox and Stallion. Find us on Twitter, Instagram and Tumblr at 224BBaker or on our website 224BBaker.com. It's like they say, big breaks are 90% luck. What's the other 10%? Luck.